welcome back to all of you to crack on here we are again thank you so much for tuning in so far and it's only getting better guys this week's guest is the most incredible queen uk drag royalty and star of rupaul's drag race uk season one davina DeCampo. can you believe it she's part of the crack on family now we discussed everything cracking on with the good after experiencing the bad and the ugly and everything in between this will give you an amazing insight into the life of this legend and if nothing else you'll become hyper from her laugh alone i hope you enjoy it so davina de Campo, welcome thank you so much for doing this well, thank you for inviting me. I mean, how can I turn it down? What's the crap? Come on. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan of yours. I'm really obsessed with you, to be honest. So I was so giddy all morning knowing that this was like ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I'll try my best to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, oh my God, like I have so many questions for you, but obviously I will stick to the, you know, structure. But first thing I wanted to ask you was, I saw that you're recently, is it nine years married? Yeah, nine years. I mean, okay, tell we were me. married, we were, we were civilized first, you know, because gay people weren't allowed to be married. We had to become civilized first, okay. you know, rather than being some kind of Neolithic, Neanderthal type people, we had to become civilized. And then after three years, we were then allowed to get married. So, I mean, technically we've been six years, but yeah, nine nine years really. Oh my God. Okay, so I'm getting married this year. So give Ooh. me, yeah, give me your secret. Any well, tips? listen, don't make the wedding into the focus of everything. Um, that generally you know for me, my experience was we went what do we want to eat there that'll do what do we want from this that'll do let's go and rent some suits they'll do you know so i mean obviously get like the best dress that you want yes but everything else is just like peripheral as long as the people that you love are there that's all that matters about a wedding the rest of it is just like the bull that goes around and also don't spend loads of money like loads of people spend you know 30, 20 30,000 40,000 on the wedding and I'm mm. like buy a house just buy a house it's Get mad it's like house. it's like we've never been able to save this money until we had like the wedding inside and it's like why couldn't we have done that when we were actually like do it with something responsible not something that's just like based around alcohol <laughs> and getting pissed like yeah exactly i mean we were really really lucky in the our reception because we owned a nightclub so we just had the reception at the nightclub and actually what that then meant for us was that we didn't spend money we made money on our wedding <laughs> Oh my God. Also, can I just say like your laugh is my favorite sound in the world. Like I think it might need to be like my alarm in the morning. <laughs> I should have released it as like a ringtone or something. That's what I, I should have done. That yeah. I mean, look, it's not too late. Like, <laughs> No, it's it's never too late. We've still got time. It's never too late. You can change exactly. your mind. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so I've been listening to your podcast, which is amazing. I'm assuming that you know who wins this season's Drag Race. Then. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how Drag Race works. Like that, everybody was like, well, you must know who wins season one now because you're in the top two. And I was like, no, we find out the same time as everybody else. Yeah. Okay. So nobody knows apart from there's a real, like, very limited cabal of people who uh, will know who the winner is. But they, I don't know that they even know who the winner is until, you know, like the week before. And we're talking like 10 people in the entire world. So it'll be like the big head honchos at BBC and the big head honchos at WOW. And that'll be it. There won't be anybody else who knows. Okay. So do you just find out, you know, that you have every guest. Um, so whoever has left that week comes onto your podcast. Do you find out that night and you're like, okay, like, let's try. Yeah, one. yeah absolutely. Um, like I'm really, because I was on last year, I kind of already know the press team. So, um, yeah, exactly. So I was like, hi, guys, it's me. I do a podcast. Can I talk to the girls when they get booted off? And they were like, uh, yeah, which is a real difference from last year. Last year, they weren't allowing any long form interviews at all. Nothing over 15 minutes. Um, and so this year has been a very different uh, setup. I think some of that's because of the pandemic. You know, it's it's just to give the girls as as good a chance as possible um yeah yeah you guys got so lucky coming out and then everyone just was obsessed with you all (laughs) yeah yeah super super lucky oh I think my door's going I'm really sorry no 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 you're fine oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's crack on with it because I'm so excited to hear what you have to say so obviously as you know the concept of the podcast is you know finding the good in hard times and the silver lining so I asked you to have a think about some times in your life where you felt you had to crack on um So do you want to share your first example? Yeah, I mean, like the first example would, of course, be school. You know, uh, school was really rough for me. It was just, you know, that point where homophobia was rife everywhere. Um, The media, you know, like I watched an interview with Justin Fashionu yesterday. um, and, And he came out in the 90s and just like the amount of vitriol that he received, um... And he'd had years and years of people speculating about his sexuality. And um, so it was just, you know, it's part and parcel of being a, a little gay kid in the 90s that you were you were going to have a rough time. Um, and I was just like the campest screamer going, you know, like a real <laughs> screaming queen. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not now. Like, I clearly am still a screaming queen now. Uh but, you know, in the 90s, I there was no hiding for me. There was no way that I could pretend because that just, A, that's just not my personality and B, like even just my face, you know, everything about me was just like homosexual, she's a daddy, <laughs> homosexual, she's so gay. Yeah, like I was just so gay. <laughs> um, so that was really rough. But... Um, there were some great teachers. Um, like weirdly, it's always the English department. Like for gay kids, there's like this. Wow, okay. There's always that one English teacher who is 
the one who just helps. And actually, you know, for me, it was a mixture of lots of different English teachers who were really just amazingly uh, supportive. Um, and they just help you, you know, think about things in a different way. Um, so I was always like, is this going to be my life forever? Rastrick High School? No, it's not. It's only mm-hmm. going to be for, you know, another three, four years. So crack on, just get on with it. Because a lot of these people who are doing this to me are going to be stuck here forever. Like Brickhouse and Rastrick, that is unfortunately for them going to be their lives because they have such a small town mentality. You know, they're just Mm going to grow up, live here and die here. And they're not going to leave here or do anything else with their lives and that's fine like that I that's absolutely fine but that was not what I wanted for my life and uh and the people's attitudes in the 90s made me very clear that that was not what I wanted for my life (laughs) I mean yeah you talked about so you were also a teacher yeah too weren't you so that's kind of amazing that it came full circle were you able to be the kind of English teacher for you know so to speak for kids or how how different was your experience you know going back to school Um, I mean I don't know I don't know that I was like the English teacher um I'm, I'm quite strict as a teacher you know like I'm a bit of a bitch if I'm honest um <laughs> but what I did see was that, the, uh, you know, for the majority of kids, the it was not the same. It just wasn't the same. There wasn't the same level of homophobia. There wasn't the same level of misunderstanding, bullying. You know, I was really lucky to be in a great school. The school that I was teaching in was really, really great. The kids were all super supportive of each other. And, um, and the staff were as well, actually. You know, uh, I talked about this the other day. There was a... Um, a student teacher in um, and in the staff room, the student teacher was like, oh my God, that's so gay. And, um, and I was like, biting my tongue. And so I spoke to their head of department, the person who that, you know, was their head of department. And I was like, listen, like I'm not being a freaking rainbow ranger here, but I'm going to be a rainbow ranger right now. Um, they said this and, you know, it's a small thing, but that use of language actually when you're around young people is incredibly important. You know, if you're using language in that way, it's so damaging. So it would be great if you could just point that out to them that actually, you know, saying stuff like that is really ignorant and really damaging and it's not really acceptable. And But the their head of department was like... Uh, fuming they were fuming that they'd even Thank that God. they'd even been using that. yeah which like yeah. that absolutely would not have been the case when I was at school that anybody would have mm. even thought to have questioned that you know it that's I feel like that language as well it's so weird there's just always someone at like a party or something yeah. that if you hear something like that everyone else is just so tense and they're like, oh, we didn't know. You were a dickhead. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can say it. 
<laughs> but it's true and it it's so great though that that was the response you know that you could actually go to someone because it like it's not like you shouldn't feel like oh I can't be a rainbow ranger here because it's it's the same you know even in like a a corporate um office or you know whether you're working in a restaurant or anything when you hear something that is just wrong you you feel like the bad guy for like kind of ratting that person out which is ridiculous you shouldn't at all like you're doing the right thing yeah so have you um come in contact with any of the people who made school life tough for you um i have separated myself from most of those people and i'm really glad that i have because most of them are either in prison or you know I've, you know, I've done a bit of Facebook stalking. Who doesn't? Look, we all, it's kind of like a ha Exactly. Look at me now. <laughs> if they could see me now, those little, uh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, like I've definitely done some Facebook stalking. And um, a lot of those people who were like that at school have unfortunately gone on and had really miserable lives. Um, and so I'm... I'm not happy about that um, because I, I would I would have just preferred that everybody could have had some decent chances. And that's what it is for me. You know, I knew even in that school at that time that a lot of those kids didn't have the same chances and opportunities as I was going to have, you know. Um, so even though it's horrible and I did not feel sorry for them in the slightest because it's a choice. You are making a choice to behave that way. But also, I don't think they'd always been given the knowledge that they could make a different choice. I mean, that's so huge that you knew that from a young age as well. It just shows because you you really, I mean, I myself and Aaron are obsessed with drag race, but I feel like you came it was just very obvious from episode one that you were such a, a kind person. And I feel like in every episode, you're so considerate and so caring. And I, th I think that's probably why people maybe overlooked you at the beginning, because you're just so nice, you know? Yeah. And it's it's so amazing that from such a young age, you were like that. That's, oh, I wasn't you know... always kind and nice. Let's, you know, I... <laughs> I might have understood why they were the way that they were, but that doesn't mean that I was kind and nice to them. I was definitely... <laughs> well, you were considered. Um, sometimes. But then, the, you know, I am far from being an angel and there are definitely uh, people from school who I was also not very nice to. And... Um, well, it's a defence as well. well. You know, but, it's not... But yeah. they deserved better from me. Um, and... Uh, thankfully, um, the, this one kid, Matt, who I'm still in contact with him, um, and I have apologized profusely for my behavior. You know, sometimes personalities just don't click and, mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, I was, I was horrible. I was really horrible to him and he deserved a lot better. He deserved a lot better from me. Um, so I am not an angel. And I, uh, I, I am never going to pretend that I am because uh, <laughs> I can also be an evil witch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all have that side. I mean, I'm a Gemini, so I always say that I'm just like, there's a side of me that's really nice, but then I'm also just like an absolute... 
absolute okay. <laughs> and that's just the way it's going to be. I'm one of those people that blames it on my star sign. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I think that even, you know, but that's part of, of growing and cracking on. You know, we learn these things about ourselves and we also are able to reflect. I think it's interesting what you said about, you know, you never wish that any of the people that were horrible to you in school, you never wish that, you know, they, that things wouldn't work out for them. And I think that's what is, it's, I think in many ways, we hope that people who have wronged you in the past almost grow to a place where they can realize what they've done as opposed to it kind of. Yeah. I, you I, mean, know, I did like, have one of the, one of the kids who had been a year or two years below me who had been really, God, just vitriolic towards me. Um, then, of course, he's in the gay bar. Yeah, of course. No. Of course he is. Of course he is. Like, he didn't look like a camp little queen. And so his defence mechanism was to target people who were gay so that nobody would suspect him. You know, we never talked mm-hmm. about it. He never even acknowledged that it was him. Um, but, you know, when you're there and you see those people and you go, OK, that makes sense. That was their way of, of coping, yeah. yeah. And it re- I mean, it really was like a horrible, horrible time to be a queer kid. Like, it was... Ho- <laughs> it was horrible. Um, so, you know, I totally understand why those kids would have behaved the way that they did. For me, at the t- you know, th- looking back at it now, I was doing a podcast with my sister the other day and um, she told a story about how uh, she was sat in the dinner in the dinner hall. Um, she'd already got her dinner. I came in to get mine and the whole place just erupted shouting faggot and queer and home and all of that stuff. Um, And for me, it's not the kids that, you know, I'm sort of annoyed with. They were put in that environment and they were taught that this is how Mm. we behave. It's the adults. It's the adults who saw that day in, day out and did nothing about it. You know, those are the people um, that actually I'm uh, disappointed and angry at because they should have. Yeah. You know, if they'd seen that, they should have been doing something about it. Yeah, exactly. They Because kids will only do, they'll do whatever they get away with. Yeah. You know, so if, if they're not being told off, then of course it's going to get worse. It's crazy. Like. And I really, really love teaching. Um, and so even though like I'm not in a school, um like education is one of those it's that stupid song about um by your students you'll be taught getting to know you no, it's that um you do learn as much about anything by teaching um you know you learn as much as the kids do or the students or the participants or the grown-ups or you know whoever it is that you're working with you learn as much as they do because everybody's bringing like a different subset of knowledge in and um so uh, so in all of my drag stuff as well, I've always tried to make it so that it's, you know, that supportive, um, when I'm working with other people, it's that supportive environment so that we can give each other feedback to improve and go, have you thought about uh, doing this with that? Or I've got this skirt, which would be so much better than that one because it says, you know, it, it shows it better, or, you know, whatever. So yeah, um, yeah. with all the the 
groups and stuff that I've been involved with, I've always tried to keep kind of education for me as well as for them um, rolling through. Did you find that Drag Race was like that? No. Was that... <laughs> <laughs> this ain't RuPaul's best friend race. No. I mean, I was being kind to people. I was not being kind back. I was not getting that back. Um, really? Yeah. I'm. Well, I didn't really receive any help from anybody. That's for sure. Um, and Blue Hydrangea. Do you think they were threatened? Witch, that little witch, Blue Hydrangea. Every single runway, I would turn to her and say, my face doesn't look great, does it? And she'd go, no, you look great. You look brilliant. Okay, okay, fine. And then I go out on that stage, and what would that evil witch say to me? Oh, you look grey. All right, piss off. That was only like one time. No, no, no. Oh my god, wait, is Michelle evil? There's so much that you don't see. That's her job, though. You know, so her job is to be the mean. The one who says all this stuff that you don't want to hear. And like, obviously, you know, you guys only see like Mm -hmm. five minutes of it, but it goes on for each contestant, like 10, 15 minutes of feedback each time. And it can be like savage. Savage. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You've got to go in with your armor on. You have to go in with your armor on. Yeah. You did so well because I feel like you stayed so positive. You were so nice. And I feel like it wasn't until like the Vivian made you crack, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing with that was it wasn't just that one time. It had been the entire way through. And the only person I knew and I was friends with was Vivian. And you would not know that. What looking back at it, you would never never know that we'd even met. She didn't even speak to me for the first three days. So, you know, didn't even acknowledge I was in the room, which, you know, like if you if you look back at that first episode, I'm sat by her at the mirror as she's doing something. She never once spoke to me. That's why I moved. And do you think that was just like she's in there to win? Yeah, and that's fine. Good. That's you know, you're here for a competition and that's fine. And it was foolish of me to think that anybody would have been any other way. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. And how, like... It's a competition. So good on you. You went in and won. And how's your relationship with her now? I don't know what you mean. (laughs) But you guys do, like, press and stuff together, don't you? Yeah. Not if I can help it. My diary. I was hoping my diary's full. <laughs> I was really hoping I'd get some shade today. <laughs> Look, I wish oh my well. god! I I'm sure she's going to do brilliantly because she's immensely talented. But it doesn't mean that we have to be friends, and that's okay. Okay. As well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you're still tight with the frock. Oh my god! Everybody else love them to death. Love them to death. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're like, it was season one of UK Drag Race, you know, it's like you're bound for life. Yeah, well, I mean, most <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> no, like, I'm a real okay. Taurus anyway. So, you know, you're saying you're a Gemini. Well, I'm a real Taurus and, you know, I'm really patient and uh, and I'm, I'm really loyal. Um, but then once you've crossed me, that's it, we're done. I, you know, yeah. 
Life's too short anyway for that kind of shit, isn't it? You know, for people who will behave that way and treat you in a certain way and then think that it's all going to be fine afterwards. No, that's not how life is. Yeah, exactly. No, you're completely right. Um, Okay, so moving swiftly on, um, do you have a a second example of, you know, a hardship that you overcame or find the silver lining? Um, Yeah, my dog is scratching at the door. Oh my God, honestly, my dog's driving me crazy, so go. So probably... Okay, yes, it's like an example. Probably the the next example where you just have to go, okay, whatever, and crack on, was my first job after uni. Um, I was working in North Wales and I was doing this project. So I was working as the dance development officer um, with this amazing company, Dancy Bob. Um, I can't sing their praises enough. Um, Seaned, who was the administrator at the time, really looked after me. And Kareen, who was the boss, was just brilliant. Like, honestly, just brilliant. Really, really great people to work with. Um, and they were great with me, you know. Um, however, there we were, I was delivering a, a project in schools where um, I was going into junior schools and teaching teachers how to teach dance. Um, so, you know, I was doing like really, really simple stuff. We're going to like do some swaying on the floor. We're going to move our arms. We're going to warm the kids up. And then all we're going to do is we're going to say, right, we're going to think about, I don't know, a circus or a uh, a space station. And we're going to come up with one move to do with that. And then each week, all we're going to do is we're going to add on a, another move. Each pupil is going to come up with their own six steps over these six weeks. But we're going to work together. We're going to mix them up. We're going to change it around. So the teacher isn't actually having to teach any dance, you know, in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. All they're having to do is facilitate the kids coming up with their own steps and their own movement. Yeah. So it takes all the onus off the teacher having to know anything about dancing off. You don't have to know anything about dancing at all. It's all down to the kids, you know. So the warm up, you go, look at Jackie. Isn't she great? Everybody copy Jackie doing her move. Great. There we go. You know, so dead, dead easy. The woman who was uh, kind of overseeing the project just hated me. I don't know why. She just took like this instant dislike to me. The first words she said to me, um, because I was late to a meeting, um, I'd got the times confused um, and I was literally around the corner. So I'd been sat in the car park waiting because I thought it was the next hour and it wasn't. Um, Mm. And her first words to me were, I could have still been in bed, but I'm up because of you. And I was like, hello, my name's Owen. (laughs) So she just took this instant dislike to me. um, And, and then, uh, came to my sessions and just criticised everything. Um, and I was like, you know, I none of the teachers are criticising this stuff. Um, and I've, I've never had any feedback like this from anything mm. before. But, you know, maybe she's right. And so, I, you know, I spoke to my boss, to Karina, and, and she was like, well, we'll, we'll come and watch. And she came and she was like, no, it was great. Everything was really clear. 
Seanad came. She'd also been a teacher. She came and she was like, no, this is actually a really great session. What's what's the problem here? Uh, this I'm not going to use her name um, because uh, she also said lots of really horrendous things about me. Um, but her boss came um, because it it was, every, you know, she came to, she was only supposed to come to like three sessions. She came to like 12. Um, and, and then afterwards went, right, um, and then just pulled it all apart for no reason. You know, one of her bits of feedback was, your use of music is annoying. Yeah, that's not feedback. It's like mean? an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand why I'm using the music in the way that I am? <sighs> no. The way I'm, because I, I would, I had a CD, which, you know, so I'm playing lots of different styles of music for the kids to experiment their steps to. And the, the reason mm. for that is because it, it makes them put a completely different emphasis on the step itself. So if they've come up with, you know, like a wave with their arm, if you're playing it to, you know, some Tori Amos, it's going to be totally different to if they're doing it to some African jungle drums or, you know, some uh, Australian stuff or, you know, so there's, there's a reason for that. But she didn't ask why. She just went, I find it annoying. And I'm like, well, that's because you don't understand it. Um, her boss came he was like no there's nothing wrong with this at all this is a fantastic session it's really creative it's exactly what we've asked for it means that the teachers don't have to do you know they don't have to be a dancer to deliver this um i'd create i'd written a, a pack for the teachers as well um and you know in that i was just going well it doesn't matter what I do or how I make this work or don't work or whatever. She's just going to come and say it's terrible, whatever. So mm -hmm. let's just ignore her because clearly she just has a problem. And then, you know, I found out after I'd left, speaking to Seanad, after I'd left, she'd been telling everybody on Anglesey that I was a paedophile. So um, that was, you know, super great. Thanks, babe. Um, oh, my God. So, oh my God. Yeah. I feel like in those situations, <laughs> like. Ah, imagine. Can you imagine? <laughs> Just the rampant homophobia from this woman who looked like, you know, she was literally the stereotypical lesbian PE teacher, cropped hair, face like an old handbag, drove a sporty car, always in a horrible shell suit. And you're like, babe, listen, I've seen your husband. He's camp as a row of tents. You're both being a beard for each other. We know what this is. Don't project that onto me. Don't project these problems onto me and try and like, oh, I'm not a lesbian. Babe, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep it a secret if you want. <laughs> oh, my God, that is insane yeah it, that it is really crazy was. but it made a lot of sense after i'd left for some of the things that had been happening you mm -hmm. know while i was there um but you know it's just that thing you just go well pff, i know this isn't true so i'm just gonna get on doing little old me making making these kids smile and dance for an hour and then i'm gonna go home because that's that's what i'm here for <laughs> 
but that's amazing because I, I don't know if many people have that in them, you know, like when you feel like you can't do anything right, excuse me, there's like nothing worse because then I think you almost try harder and then piss the person off more, you know? Yeah. So it's such an amazing. I've never really been like that anyway. You know, if I, I'm, I'm really pragmatic. So if I feel like your feedback is valid, you know, and it's, it's useful. I'm going to be like, suck it up, be that sponge. Mm-hmm. You know, my my favorite lecturer at uni was a, she was a fucking bitch, like a total cow. But I knew that she was like that in the, the lessons because she wanted you to be better, mm-hmm. you know? So it's about, is is what they're saying, is it honest? Is Is there truth to what they're saying? And there wasn't, there wasn't any truth to what she was saying. So, you know, at that point I'm like, well, mm. and so I did, you know, after one session, um, I did say to her, you know, she was like, I want to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. And then this is the one where she said, I find your use of music annoying. And I said, to be honest with you, Isabel, I think you're, a, you, you, you're being a bit hard on me, to be honest, because a lot of this doesn't make any sense. How dare you? You know, and she flipped, absolutely went insane. And so at that point you go, well, this isn't about professionalism. This isn't about work. This is about something else. Because the the fact that I've just stood up to you and said, I I don't think that your feedback makes any sense, actually. If you'd like to put it in an email, then I'll be able to respond to it. But I have to go to another session. If you'd like to put it in an email, that would be great. And then I can look at it and I have to go now because I have another session. You know, she was crazy. Yeah. And so at that point, you just go, you know, it really, it wore me down. If you've got somebody who is, you know, you're 20, well, how old would I be? 21, 22. And you've got somebody who's in their 40s, 50s telling you that everything is wrong about what you're doing. Like literally everything from the warm up to the session to the cool down, everything is wrong. Then the teachers hate it, even though that's not what they've said to you. Mm. You, you, of course, as a 20 year old who this is your first job out of uni, you're going to be like, oh, maybe I, maybe I should go and kill myself. Maybe I should throw myself under a bus. But, um, you know, at that point when I questioned her, and this is the very last session that she came to, at that point, um, I knew that this was not about work. This was something completely different. This was about her relationship towards me rather than her relationship towards my work. Um, mm-hmm. And so at that point you go, oh, you've got no power. You have no power here. Be gone. But that is amazing. I mean, is she, uh, presumably you've encountered that before or afterwards that people, you might bring out something in themselves that they don't like or haven't identified yet, you know, or is that the kind of only example of that? Um, No, I mean, there's definitely people who have been homophobic, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it what it was. She was just homophobic. Absolutely. Um, because otherwise I don't think she would have behaved the way that she did. She was just mm-hmm. so crazy. Um, and it, yes, there have been other people who've behaved like that. And that is, um, that's still something that's very difficult, you know, as an individual to deal with because you're, 
like I'm, uh, they call it hypervigilance, you know, because of my experiences in life where either I've been attacked in the street or I've been, you know, spat at or abused or, you know, whatever. Um, because of that stuff, I'm now super vigilant all the time when I'm out shopping or, you know, wherever I am, mm. I'm always looking for, um, um, is there is there potential danger here? What is the situation? Am I am I potentially in trouble? Um, but that's you know, that's what I need to go to therapy for. <laughs> you are the perfect guest for this because you make all these serious <laughs> subjects sound like they're a load of crap. <laughs> well, you know that's you know that's what it is though, like. Those that has, you know, I was talking about conditioning, about cultural conditioning earlier in the conversation. And for me, that's been my cultural conditioning that, mm. that, you know, in situations where I'm not with people who I really know, I am potentially in danger. Um, and some of that just needs unlearning because that's not always the case. Um, and also carrying around that level of anxiety constantly is just really unhealthy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. surely it would eventually become like at a stage where you just can't even you yeah. meet new people you know, or go out. I've probably you know? got, you know, the heart of an eight-year-old because I have such <laughs> such bad anxiety all the time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, I'm the most nervous person ever. It's so ridiculous. Like we're on the 16th floor at the moment and it will, it's just seems like the perfect time at two in the morning to decide that there's going to be a fire in the building. And like, I will wake Aaron up and I'm like, how do we get downstairs? Like the 16th floor, like, do I put the dog's collars on? Do I, like, it's like ridiculous. Like I just need to like uh, assess like a game plan for this this impending fire that's not there's no reason to think like that so yeah we can both just have um hearts of 80 year olds you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh no yeah. it's fine it's fine it's fine it is fine <laughs> so do you so you'll go to your podcast after this and you are interviewing tia coffee yeah. is that right yeah tia today um so that'll be nice she's been great on the show as well you know she's just so likable um I think her looks have been horrendous, but she's just so lovable. You know, I, you can't help but like her, which is completely looking agree. great. I would much rather see somebody who I like on stage and is funny and warm and, uh, and you can, you know, you can feel like I would like, I, I would love to go out for a night with Tia Coffee. I think she'd be a great, mm. I think she'd be a great laugh. I completely agree. I feel like they were really rooting for her not to be a Tyra Banks on it. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? But like they were rooting for her. No, they really were. Um, they really were. But I think that just stands it in good stead because, you know, all drag is like this freaking long journey. You start at one place. You know, when I look at the pictures of my first nights in drag, woo! I thought I was Uma Thurman. <laughs> I thought I was Uma Thurman. I was not. I was Uma Thurman. Man! <laughs> what did you wear? Uh, well, so like, you know, when she's on the bed with the gun and she's... Yes. Yeah. Uh, what the hell is that? Is it Basic Instinct? No. Anyway. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. That's it. Pulp Fiction. Oh, my God. I can't even remember my cultural references. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so I had that black bob, um, and it, it was The Maids by Jean Genet. I was, the director had switched it. Normally it's played by three men in drag, um, and it's a brothel, so it's based in a brothel. So instead of it being three men in drag, the director switched it. So it was three women, but uh, the drag character was the narrator. So all of the the set directions and stuff like that were the man who was in drag telling the women mm -hmm. what to do. You know, so she was making a commentary about how actually in society, it's men who created these standards for women and it's men who've pushed these standards for women. Um, and so I was unfortunately that man telling women what to do, which I am not about, please, thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> before you start getting loads of emails and messages in going, misogynistic bitch, kill him. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I thought I was like, yeah, really rocking it, looking great. I was absolutely not. It was horrendous, really awful. Yeah, bad. Were you in charge of your own makeup? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I should not have been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that fun to like reflect on it now? Yeah, just the journey. Like, I'm really about the process. How did somebody get somewhere? That's kind of more interesting to me yeah. than about where they are. It's about how did they get there in the first place? Um, so, you, you know, like, that's that's really, really interesting to look back at those little seeds of where did it where did it all begin? Um, and it was reading for me, you know, for most drag queens, it's they went out on Halloween, got absolutely smashed off the face while in drag. For me, it was from reading books. That's that was my journey into into drag, reading uh, Butler and uh, gender politics and performativity and, uh, re you know, so real uh, academic reading was my way in. Wow. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> well, actually it like, it leads me to a question I was going to ask you, but you actually answered it already, which is, this is funny that you say that you're really, you know, in, interested in the, the process and the journey because so am I, because I have, um, my stand-up show last year was called the Tempest and it's all about different temp jobs. I worked because, Lord knows I have worked a lot. <laughs> and so what I was going to ask you was what job you had had before that you had to crack on with. But I mean, you answered it, which is you're like psychic. You answered that with your second example of cracking on. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Because I think it's really important to hear where successful people, you know, we all have to do those jobs that we hate and start from somewhere. So I'm always curious to, to find out, um, and even, the know. thing is, even now, like in drag, there's still those jobs that you you just you have to go and do them, even though you hate them, you know. Mm -hmm. So like uh, weddings are not my favorite. They are absolutely not my favorite unless it's a gay wedding, because then people are like, oh, come on, Roy. It's a gay wedding. They're going to be great fun. There'll be flamingos everywhere. We'll have a camp all time. Come on. But if it's like. <laughs> Jennifer and David getting married. There's always Uncle Roy stood in the corner being a miserable old watch calling mm -hmm. because he's a homophobe, you know? Whereas if it's a gay wedding, mm -hmm. those people have been wheedled out already. They did not come yep. to the wedding. And everybody just somehow at a gay or a lesbian wedding are just 
they're just there for a laugh. Like they're much more open to having a laugh at, at those weddings rather than a straight wedding. You know, there have been uh, yeah. really great fun straight weddings that I've done, but out of probably a hundred straight weddings, there can be a hundred straight weddings and it just takes that one to be horrendous. Mm. Okay, well, it's good to know you don't like weddings. Me and Aaron will make sure not to ask you to do our wedding. <laughs> well, to be fair, we are planning on getting married in Portugal and we just chose any band. Like they just were like, just sent us over stuff. And the first thing we liked, I guess that's the good thing about getting married abroad is like, you don't actually have a huge amount of choice, you know? Yeah. So you're just like, okay, I'll take whatever. Yeah. Okay, let me crack on to our lightning round um, before I'm like, you'll run out of time. Um, okay, so your idea of crack. Um, like fun, you know. Yeah, fun. my idea of fun. You know what? It's like a cheesy pop dance floor. Give me that. Give me a dance floor with some disco balls, a light up floor, cheesy pop playing all the songs that I know and just copious amounts of luminous colored alco pops so that I, I know, oh my god I don't know what the chemicals are and I don't want to you don't want to know <laughs> and you'll order a Domino's the next day <laughs> and life is great <laughs> You would love Coppers in Dublin. It's a place that stays open till like six in the morning and everyone just goes and they play like the Grease soundtrack and everything. Oh. And yeah, we'll go there when everything I opens. I am so ready take for that. You. So ready yeah. for that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, uh, a habit you can't crack. Oh, biting my nails. Oh, the worst. I'm the same. So bad. So bad. And this, it's supposedly worse than the rim of your toilet bowl, your fingernails. Like it's supposed to be worse than licking the rim of your toilet bowl. But I can't imagine. Listen, yeah. just think how good your immune system is going to be because of biting your fingernails. Huh? Huh? Hey. Yeah. We're actually elite for biting our nails. Exactly. I am. I'm, I'm helping out the NHS by doing that. Oh, first time you cracked on. Do you have any good stories from your first kiss? Uh, the first time I cracked on, my first kiss. You know what? I have been kissing people for a really long time. My first girlfriend, we were... We went out with each other all the way through junior school. Me and Gabrielle Hodgkinson. Shout out to Gabby. Bobby, I love you. Gabby. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was great. Uh, so it was probably then... That was probably my first kiss with Gabrielle. That's quite nice. That's nice. But we were little, like four or five. Yeah. Oh, love it. That's so cute. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Um, okay, a time you cracked under pressure. Oh, I mean, drag race. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever been in such a pressured environment um, as that. Uh you know, literally going home yeah. after the show, running a bath, sitting in the bath and crying every night. Uh, really? Yeah, hard. It is hardcore. I have, I've done loads of TV. I have never done any competition show like it. Something that always cracks you up. So it could be a TV show, a comedian, anything. Uh, something that always cracks me up would be, oh, what always makes me laugh. There's... The okay, so those videos on Facebook where it's like epic fail. Yeah. 
but not the ones where people like potentially hurt themselves. I don't like those ones. Those make me go, ooh. Uh, but the ones, oh, you know what? Really, the one that really, really makes me absolutely howl. Uh, have you seen the show Nailed It? No. Oh, my God. It's so good. Okay, so it's like this baking show and uh, somebody comes in and shows them like a cake that they've got to recreate. And uh, the woman who um, who is the, uh, the, what does she do? Presents it. The woman who presents it is just so funny. It's honestly brilliant. She makes me howl. Nailed it. Go and check it out. Nailed it. So good. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. Is it kind of like Bake Off or no? Yeah. It's like Bake Off, but for can't cook, won't cook. Oh, yeah. love that. So okay. Horrendous. Have you ever cracked a bone? No, I haven't. But I think I might have uh, dislocated my coccyx at some point because I was in the, like, I'd had a really painful undercarriage. Uh, and then I was in the bath and I, like, pushed it and it popped. It sort of went like that. I was oh. Like, oh, maybe that's what I'd done. But it can't have been that bad because you end up in hospital with it, don't you? But otherwise, no, I've been really, really lucky. I have bent my fingers back on occasion, dropped things on myself, uh, but I've never br- touched wood. Oh, my God. Now that. Yeah, yeah touch wood. I know. Oh! Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, no, I've never cracked a bone. Okay, that's good news. So I have finished um, the podcast with every other guest by asking them a question that they have not been able to answer, okay? So I know I can count on you to give me a good answer to this one. And it is, who is your favorite reality TV star? Who is my favorite reality TV star? Oh, oh, I've, listen, it's got to be Brian Dowling, hasn't it? Surely it's got to be Brian Dowling from Big Brother. It's got to be. Like, he was so brilliant and then had a great career afterwards as well because he's just so likeable and really yeah. good at presenting stuff. So I think Brian Dowling. Thank you. I knew I could catch <laughs> on you for that answer. <laughs> Everyone else I've asked, they're like... I don't really watch reality TV. I mean, I don't. I don't watch any of the, you know, those other things. I mean, they're not real anyway. They're kind of scripted, aren't they? We're real, but we're not real. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I don't really watch that much reality TV because I think it just rots your brain. Like the real housewives of here, there and everywhere. Piss off. Piss off. Oh, Davina, my brain is rotted. (laughs) Consider it rotted. (laughs) I'm obsessed. I'm sure they're all really nice people, but no. You know what I do watch a lot of, though, actually, because it's on, you know, when you do the video things on Facebook and then it's just there, I watch a lot of the kind of clips of dance moms. Um, but they make me so, they make me so anxious because they're so screamy and shouty at each other. And I don't know whether, you know, I think that they must but I don't know whether they say to the kids before they start, remember, none of this is real, okay? This is all pretend. So when we're shouting and screaming at each other, it's not real. Just remember that before we start because we're about to start now, okay? I hate you, you bitch! Abby Lee, you cow! You... Um, um, ah! 
You know what I mean? Okay, so I want to, well, actually tell our listeners where they can find you. So obviously you have your own podcast. Tell us a little bit about that and where we can find you on social media and everything. Um, so yeah, I've got a podcast, Fierce Slay Talk, which is um, a play on some of the lyrics from one one of my songs, a Drag Race song, which is off decoded. Um available on iTunes and other platforms. Please go and buy it. Uh, Fierce yeah. like, all over the place. We talk to loads of people in the drag world. Um, so drag queens, drag kings, um, Canada's Drag Race, Holland, USA, UK, and then also people who've not been on Drag Race. You know, so it's because I think that's actually really important. We're all just people doing the same job and it just happens that some people have been on a TV show and other people haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we, we talk to loads and loads of different people um, and we... We're currently talking to all the season two girls from Drag Race UK and we have loads of really, really great interviews coming up um, all the way through the rest of the year, which I'm super excited about. So that's Fierce Slay Talk, available on all of those streaming sites. You can find it wherever you like. Wherever you listen to a podcast, you can find us. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you can find me and all of my shenanigans at Divina DiCampo, D-I-V-I-N-A, uh, not Davina. I don't know who she is, but she's a bitch because she's stealing all of my traffic. <laughs> what a cow. Uh, so Divina DiCampo uh, on everything. Uh, I made it really, really easy. Um, so you can find me on Depop, on uh, Twitter. If And and this is, this is where to find me as well, depending on what you want. Like if you want pol- politics and... Uh, activism and stuff like that, go to Twitter and Facebook. If you want nice pictures and sunshine and flowers and stuff like that, Instagram is more that focused. Okay. So if you want... That's a good rule. I think that's good. Don't come to Twitter if you're a turf. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I think that should be a rule in general. Yeah. I mean, just don't, don't go anywhere. Just don't. Just be, don't. Don't speak. Just, okay. Just don't. Okay, finally, even though I could talk to you all day and this has been so much fun, uh, who do you think is going to win Drag Race this year? You know, I don't know because I I feel like uh, people have been sleeping on Bimini, babes. People have been sleeping on Bimini. And for me, the whole way through, that bitch has been serving like couture, fashion, runway and delivering in every challenge. Like I don't, I don't remember watching a challenge and thinking, Bimini was really crap in this. Like, that hasn't happened. Um, and so I think people are really sleeping on her uh, and they shouldn't. Um, do I think that the show is going to crown her? No. I think she has so much more to come um, that I think they would save her for an All-Stars because she is, you know, th- that is a little powerhouse right there. Um so I feel like Tace or Lawrence are going to take it. I think Tace or Lawrence are going to take it. I can't wait to keep watching and I can't wait to keep listening to your podcast. It's so great. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you again for coming on. This has been so amazing. And yeah, Davina DeCampo, everyone. You're incredible. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for sharing all those incredible stories. You truly are like such um, such a great guest to have on this podcast because you do just crack on. And that laugh is like the, <laughs> the beginning of crack. <laughs> wow. Davina DeCampo. The DDC. On the BBC. 
She's amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed. I really want to hear if you enjoyed it. Share it on social media. Tag me. Send me a message on the gram. And obviously, put a little five stars. Thank you so much for the support so far. And get excited for next week. It's going to be a great one. Thank you.